Hey gals and guys, it's your host, Phil Larson, and this is your motivational high five on feelings. Let's do this. Welcome to this short podcast, your motivational high five. Today on feelings, I'm going to play a little clip, a clip from the Liturgist podcast, a conversation that is happening with Mike McCarg. Mike is also known across the internet as Science Mike, but I love this conversation. It's in the middle of an episode called Spiritual Trauma, which is worth listening to in its its entirety. But this little excerpt here, about four minutes long, talks about how the brain and the gut communicate with each other, and that yes, we have neurons in our gut, and if you're interested, uh... Listen into this conversation and open your mind up to the intricate wirings of your body and why you may feel the way that you feel or maybe why you don't quite understand why you feel the way you feel. Check this out. And so for me, I always say yoga starts with breath. And I also think healing starts with breath because everything gets dysregulated in our body when we feel like we are in danger. And so our body gets uh, disoriented. It either stops altogether or becomes sped up like hyperventilation. And so um, for me, when I work with clients, the very preliminary thing that I always do, and even when I do retreats or workshops or anything, really, I always start with a breath practice because I believe we have to settle down what the body's doing that might not be regulated before we can work on any of the things that are happening in the mind. One of my favorite books that's uh, come out recently is a book called The Body Keeps the Score. It relates to all the ways that we store trauma you know in in our physical bodies you know we tend to think of the brain as this um seat of ourselves right and then our body is just a support system that transports and protects the brain uh but that's that's not it's not that accurate (laughs) so certainly like you know our consciousness emerges uh from the brain especially the, the the neocortex but uh, our brain is is basically you wrap a, a dinner napkin thick neocortex around the brain, and that's like our human reasoning faculty. And then, kind of inside of that, is a mammal brain about the size of your fist. We call the limbic system, and that's where we think of our feelings, kind of originating from. And then that wraps around uh, like an, a frog's brain or an alligator's brain, uh, in the hind brain and down the brain stem. Then there's there's a nerve that runs from the brain to the 100 million neurons in your gut, right? And what's interesting is if you sever the nerve uh, between you know the brain in your head and the brain in the gut, the brain in the gut will continue to function just fine uh, without any oversight from the primary brain. It turns out that that nerve signal. Uh, one of its main functions is to uh, transmit anxiety between the two brains. <laughs> so if you get anxious in your head and worried, th- you'll have a similar set of neurotransmitters released in your gut, wow. and you might have cramping or bloating or diarrhea, right? You'll, you'll have physical symptoms from this anxiety because the neurons in your GI tract are mirroring the neurons in your brain. In the same way, if your gut gets anxiety, 
which it can on its own. If it thinks that there's uh, something that doesn't belong in the gut, it will start to flush the gut, right? You can have something like irritable bowel syndrome, where you have, have, a, have a very nervous gut that's constantly trying to get rid of everything that's in there. But when it's doing that, it will actually transmit that anxiety up to the, the brain in your head, who will then mirror the anxiety of the gut. So mm-hmm. when you... That was a long intro to get to this next point. Some research is saying that it's possible that um, our posture and indeed uh, practices like yoga, by moving and tightening and loosening and relaxing and freeing, the tissue in the GI tract can then affect the responsiveness of those neurons and therefore change the chemistry of the brain. And this could help us understand why practices like yoga are so powerful because the the rest of our body's systems and tissues have stored trauma related to events. Think about the way you tighten your shoulders and your core when you're nervous. If you're nervous all the time, all that constant tension will, will change the way some of your body systems function. And just because you kind of work things out cognitively upstairs in your brain doesn't mean the rest of the body has caught up or been reconditioned. And so that's where these practices come in to help the entire body. Uh, I, I guess you could say this would be a, a metaphor, but to let the body grieve as much as the brain has. You know, a lot of, in this podcast, we've talked about the brain and how neuropathways in the brain get reinforced through our past experiences, and yet we have the power to override that over time and tell ourselves new positive narratives. But it's, it's, it's more complex than that. There's more to it. You're a whole living self, and every part of your body is communicating to each other all the time. And we have feelings, and we have positive feelings, we have negative feelings, we have everything in between. And I am just struck with, you know, how much in my life that I've suppressed negative feelings because I just, I only want to feel positive or even people in my life that I've begun to express negative feelings and they don't want anything of it or they freak out or, you know, they have this overreaction to, you know, that thing that happened to me a long time ago or that happened with us. It deserves some grieving and it deserves some conversation and and some people really have a hard time engaging in that. But to ignore that part of you and to suppress it comes back in a lot of ways. You know, at the beginning of this conversation, they were talking about hyperventilating. And um, I, I've, I've experienced that myself, some anxiety attacks that I had while making some changes in some blood pressure medication for myself. Um, but then that some, some of the medication helped with anxiety better than others. And so when that got taken away, I saw this spike in anxiety. And also, as I'm talking to my doctor, he's saying, yes, that is that can be addressed through some mild anxiety medication, but there are probably other things happening in your life. And he was right. Some things that I needed to be honest with myself about and confront in myself. Some negative feelings that I have been suppressing and that I've learned to suppress over many, many years. And as I began to do that, I began to heal and learn how to deal better with anxiety. And and my reactions to that began to subdue a little bit. And not go to the worst case scenario all the time and, and kind of remind myself that I now have tools to deal with these things. It's not the end of the world. 
you know, this conversation, this, uh, these, these findings, these scientific findings really give new light to the meaning. Listen to your gut. There's a lot of truth to that. And what can we do? How healthy can we become if we learn to tune in to our body? You know, not, not just to our minds because we can rationalize, we can be critical about our thoughts. Yes, that's, that's important, but that's not all of the story. Listen to your body. How do you feel? If you get nervous about public speaking, how does that make you feel? It's not just like a, a thought. No, it, it's, an, it's an uneasiness. It's, it's an ache. You know, and in, in more serious scenarios in your life, as you are going through some hard stuff, your body is talking to you. And if we learn to tune in, this is what meditation has really done for me, is, is to tune in and hear myself. And I begin to know myself better. And I see, I see patterns. I, during certain scenarios in my life, I know I'm going to probably react this way or feel this way, or I'm beginning to feel this way or do react this way. And I go, well, okay, what's the trigger? I've seen this before. Learn yourself. Learn your patterns. Your feelings are important, all of them, the positive and the negative. Why? Because they are talking to us and they're telling us, things about ourselves. They're indicators, much like a, a light gauge on your car when it, when it says it's low on gas. It's just an indicator. It's not bad, and it can be really helpful if we pay attention to it. Listen to your body, the indicators in your life, and pay attention. Otherwise, it will come back and haunt you in some not-so-healthy ways. And, and if it needs to happen, if it needs to get to that point to get your attention, it will. Your body is smart. It wants to be heard. And at the end of our episode, we choose to engage in ourselves, engage in the storytelling that has happened in our lives by introducing some positive affirmations, some positive narratives that we can choose to believe. And the power is really in our hands. And we do that by finding a reflection of ourselves in the mirror. And when you're able to do that today, say this to yourself, I can engage in all of my feelings and see them as indicators to help me know myself better. If you're really willing to do that, you're in it for the hard work. It's tuning into things that maybe we've suppressed and that we've chosen to ignore for many years. But the health that's on the other side of that work is totally worth it. And there's plenty of people who've been there, who've traveled this road together. Find the support you need so you don't have to go through it alone. But to find that support and to take that journey, it starts with you. (music) 